Welcome to this edition of the Bears Den podcast. I'm Matt Bear. It's state tournament time here in Minnesota. We made it. Some thought we might not, but for the first time since 2019, it looks like we will crown a state basketball champion in all four classes. I am joined by Ryan James, who covers Minnesota boys high school basketball extensively for prep hoops and breakdown sports to chat about the final four teams in each class of the state tournament. And he also gives us his prediction of who he thinks will win it all. We also hear Ryan's thoughts on new Gophers men's basketball coach, Ben Johnson, and some of the new players that might be joining the squad. But first, let's give a shout out to our two sponsors. First, it's Midwest Basketball Training. Pat Freeman and his team do a great job working with youth basketball players in the metro area. You should check out their website at MidwestBasketballTraining.com for more information on their new facility and youth and player development opportunities. Speaking of training, Steve Brown is someone who was heavily involved in basketball training when I worked with him at the Timberwolves, but now he should be your go-to guy in the clutch for buying or selling a home. The South Dakota State Hall of Famer is a proven winner, and his ability to deliver on-time, effective results greatly benefit the first-time home buyer as well as those looking to purchase their next dream home. Coldwell Banker Realty and Steve Brown are your trusted guide. Contact him today to start the process via email at stephen.brown at cbrealty.com. That's Stephen dot brown at cbrealty.com. Now let's head into the Bears Den for this Minnesota Boys State Basketball Preview with Ryan James. We have our first repeat guest ever on the Bears Den um, podcast here. We're joined again by Ryan James. Welcome back, Ryan. Well, I am so honored. I'm honored to uh, be the be the first repeat guest. Um, I, 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 do, I do need to let you know that since the last time I've given you an address, I may have changed. So you need to set my, send my steak knives to the right place for being the second guest. Perfect. Perfect. Will do. Perfect. And really want to thank Ryan for joining us today from beautiful Las Vegas. Ryan, are, are you uh, doing all right up or down on the gambling or are we not going to talk about that? Man, if you have you if you seen some of like the uh, the horse racing things, the model horse racing mm-hmm. things they have out here now, I don't know what you call it. They're so addicting and so fun, and so not profitable. Right. <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking the time out of state to join us to talk a little Minnesota boys high school hoops here, and we're just gonna have a little fun talk about the final four matchups for each class, and Ryan's gonna. Uh, give us his prediction on a winner. Again, just having fun with it, folks. So please don't send Ryan any hate mail um, <laughs> if he doesn't pick your team. But uh, Ryan, the season obviously was was quite different. And I just had a conversation with Grant McGinnis um, about a girls preview. And I asked him the same question, you know, about you, someone who goes to a lot of games normally in person. What was that like for you this year in the pandemic? Did you get to any games or were you basically streaming everything or what was that like? I streamed everything. I was lazy. Um, you know, what it did was give me a good chance to be, you know, during my, during the regular season, I would, I have to go from teaching to the Williams arena or teaching to a high school game. Well, this gave me a chance on high school nights 
that I cover games. So just go home, eat with the family, be around them, go downstairs, watch a game, go back upstairs, tux, put the kids to bed. So I took advantage of that extensively, probably a little laziness in there too, but there was such good streaming options. I'm going to hold on. The prep sport, the prep spotlight did a great job. YouTube did a great job. NFHS had, I'm a, there was an error like with the video feed every time. So I'll say most of them did a great job. So, okay. Um, but yeah, that's what I did this year was watched it online. Okay. Yeah. Which I'm, I know is completely different from the way you normally like to operate. And uh, also the big difference this year, Ryan was, you know, all the kids wearing masks and playing and practicing with masks. Did you hear, I know there was a big hubbub on that. Um, I think everything seemed to work itself out and the kids adjusted fairly well. Is that kind of what you heard too? Or what were your thoughts there on the mask stuff? I think it's like anything else in basketball. Once you start competing, it's kind of out of your head, out of mind. Um, I'm, I actually helped coach my daughter's team this year, eighth grade team. And that, it was the same group, same with them. You, you kind of forget that you really even have it on, you had it on your face. That's kind of what I take from the most people. Now, of course, not, that's not going to be the case for everybody, but that's what I took as the case to be for most people. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. That's kind of the sentiment I heard too. So um, let's get right into it then, Ryan. The uh, first round of state this year was a little different. The quarterfinals were played um, in a neutral location. So we already had the quarterfinal matchups and then the, the semifinals and finals are going to be next week at Target Center. Um, the semifinals will be the 7th and 8th of April with the finals being at Target Center on Saturday, the 10th for anyone that's looking. And again, we're going to have limited capacity. So most people that are probably used to going um, in person will not likely be able to with, with the limitations. So um, let's get into the 1A matchups here again, Ryan. So the final four, we've got Hancock and Sleepy Eye St. Mary's doing battle. Um, Hancock upset Nevis, um, who was the, I guess, kind of the one seed on their side of the bracket. And Sleepy Eye St. Mary's defeated Southwest Minnesota Christian. What do you see? Who are the kind of big players and how do you see that matchup, Ryan? This is the matchup of teams that I, I, these teams, neither teams we expected to be good coming in Hancock and CBI St. Mary's, but like, I feel like they took a step, like where we expected them to be next year is where they are right now. Like they hit fast forward on what they're doing and you know, now they're pushing for a championship. Hancock has a big name, Matt Thompson, six, seven, um, six, eight, big guy that it's going to be nice for him, the state of Minnesota to get a chance to see him play. He averages almost 26 points a game. Um, wow. And he's a, he's a, yeah, he's a low post anchor. And then Sleepy Eye St. Mary's come, came out of that really tough two-way section. And again, this is another case. Their best players are juniors. And they were supposed to be competitive this year and really good. But this run at the end of the year is they're playing their best team basketball of anybody, led by Carson Domeyer and Trent Steffensmeyer, uh, I believe it's Steffensmeyer. Um, those are – they're both juniors. Uh, and this – they took – both took massive steps forward and it's a big reason why they are, you know, they'll be playing for a state championship or in the final four of the state championship. All right. And then the next semifinal has uh, Chris Pack, uh, his Hayfield squad going up against um, Kent Christian and the Badger green Bush middle river team. Um, Hayfield also upset the one seed on their side of the bracket 
in Legacy Christian, and then Badger, Greenbush, Middle River, um, Edge, Deer River in a close one. So who are the key players to look for in that Hayfield, uh, Badger, Greenbush, Middle River matchup, Ryan? Now, these are teams we expected to be here when we first put the season, when we started, did the preview to start the year. Hayfield, you know, it says Hayfield was, it, you know, there was, it was mentioned that Hayfield was kind of a, the ups of somebody. No, nah, I think Hayfield was expected to be in this spot. And I would, I expect them to be playing for a state title because Ethan, I'd, I'd never, 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 never really said Ethan's last name right. So, but I'm going to try Ethan Slahog. Um, I believe that's his name. Yep. I said it right. He's a fantastic, one of the best players in class A. He's an all state first team class A level player scored 25 a game this year. But the cool thing about Ethan is he has a whole group of young players around him that are on the, uh, that are, they play so well around him. Isaac Maddie, Ethan Pack, um, Easton Fritcher. These are good young players, sophomores and juniors. There's also some other players as well, but these are good young players around him. Hayfield's going to be good for a long time. Um, with Chris Pack as their head coach. And Ethan is right now, he's the guy in the, make, in the big chair. He's the main dude. And then there'll be new guys in there next year. Hayfield is on, what we, on the role we expected them to be. Badger Greenbush. This is a team that we picked to come out of uh, 8A to start the season. It's similar storyline to Hayfield. They have main player in Adam Benke, who's a, their senior. And they have some underclassmen, or excuse me, younger players, juniors and sophomores around him that are talented. Kobe Dalliger is a player to mention there. Okay, great. And then if you had to give us a winner um, overall for Class 1A, who's going to be hoisting the hardware on Saturday, Ryan, in your opinion? I got to go with the Hayfield Vikings. That's was one of – my preseason pick was Nevis. Hayfield was a team that I thought could make a run, and I'm going to stick with what I thought to begin the year, that Hayfield is, is a team that could probably make a run here. Okay, all right, let's move on to 2A then. And uh, this is a, a really heavy hitter class, Ryan, I would say, as you've got the top three um, ranked teams in 2A that made the, the final four here in uh, Caledonia, Wasika, and Minneapolis North. So the first semifinal has Minneapolis North taken on Caledonia. And then uh, the second one has Wasika, who will battle Fergus Falls. So um, let's go to the first game here, Minneapolis North at Caledonia. Uh, North took out Moose Lake Willow River in their quarterfinal matchup, and then Caledonia knocked off uh, St. Croix Prep. So big matchup here with Caledonia, uh, Minneapolis North. Ryan, what are the key people you see in, in this matchup or that needs to happen? Oh, there's a lot of them. And the beauty of this game is Minneapolis North and Caledonia have they've been playing each other for a while. And, they, and then sometimes in the summer, they would play each other as well in the breakdown summer state tournament. They're familiar with each other. Good stories here. Caledonia is without Eli King. Uh, they played part of the year without Austin Klug, one of their best, one of their best players. And still the machine just kept rolling around, along. That is Caledonia sports, Caledonia basketball. Um, Caledonia, they don't have the star in Eli King, but they do have a, a great depth of players with Sam Privet in the post. Jackson, um, Jackson Cornelius, who's headed to Superior, by the way. I forgot to mention that in my article. Uh, Casey Schultz, who's going to play football at North Dakota. Good player. Um, and Austin Klug, who I mentioned, plus some young players. You have that Caledonian group that plays so well together. But they're going to be the underdogs when they play Minneapolis North. Minneapolis North is big with Devon Talley and Marcus Owens up front. You know, Devon's going to play football at Penn State. And Marcus Owens is a 
up and coming six, seven guy. They have a load of guards. Willie Wilson's one of the best guards in the state. They'll play on and off the ball. And there's Andre Gray's there, Clifford Brown. Both of them are seniors on the wing. You got young, young guards and Mario Sanders and D'Amico Anderson. That's a loaded group right there. But Caledonia's deep too. They don't have quite the star power, but they play great team basketball. I think this is going to be a good game, but Minneapolis North, I think, will have the edge. Willie Wilson is, is probably going to be – when they played last year, Willie Wilson, they had a hard time stopping him. And now without Eli, I think they'll have an even tougher time stopping him. Okay, gotcha. And then let's move on to the next semifinal, Ryan. We got Wasika um, taking on Fergus Falls. Wasika beat Morris area in their quarterfinal matchup. And then Fergus Falls took down Annandale with a buzzer beater um, in, in their matchup. Um, what are the, the keys to this game here with Wasika taking on Fergus Falls? Fergus Falls needs its depth to step up and try to deal with everything that Wasika has. Uh, Wasika's the Jays are a machine. These are this their core of seniors, which is about eight nine strong, has been playing together now for three years and winning games for three years. Fergus Falls has good players. Dominic Aguilar, he might be able to neutralize their match. Either Ryan Default or Kyrie Willingham. big fellow front, Chance Fazio, he might be able to get some length in front of Andrew Morgan, but you're not going to be able to get length and size on all those guys. And Andrew Morgan is a class by himself when it comes to doing things up front. He's a high major big man, in my opinion, top 200 ranked player in North Dakota State, got a steal for. So I think it's going to be very tough for Fergus Falls to to beat. It'd be a major upset if they beat Wasika. We'll put it that way. So much talent on Wasika. Okay. And then who do you see uh, coming out on top then for the 2A final, Ryan? This, in my opinion, is the most anticipated matchup of the state tournament, if it happens. That's Wasika and Minneapolis North. It's a game we've been talking about for probably, you know, by nine months, 10 months. Um, and I, it's something that we're, you know, it may, you know Fergus Falls and Caledonia are good teams, so we may not see it. But if Minneapolis North and Wasika go head-to-head, that's a clash. You know, it's funny. They've played each other in the past. And Wasika, which, you know, the last two years beat Minneapolis North once in Wasika, once in Minneapolis North. And it's basically the same exact team that right. for them. North has added the transfers in Marcus Owens and Andre Gray to replace a few guys with they lost last year. So they've, they're up there better this year, I would say, than they were, were last year. So it's going to be a clash. And, like, Common opponents-wise, I'm like, oh, who do they have common opponents? Well, they both played mini-haha. One lost by 34, one lost by 35. So, (laughs) you know, not much you can look at there. I predicted with Sika before the season started because they have that two-year of wins edge on Minneapolis North and all these guys that are playing were on the court doing that. So I have to stay with that prediction. But I could also see this. I could see this game going either way. Yeah, and I'm with you, Ryan. I think you hit it on the head. This could be the biggest matchup of any in the finals if it does happen so we'll keep an eye out for that um, in the 2a region there so let's move on to 3a then um, first semifinal ryan has alexandria taking on richfield um, alexandria defeated monticello and then uh, their quarterfinal in richfield edged mankato west in the, in their final i know richfield had a heck of a time just making it out of their section in the battle with south st paul but uh, what are the keys to this Alexandria-Richfield matchup? These are two teams that feel they have something to prove. Alexandria, because everyone's like, why are they one seed? They didn't deserve the one seed. They had a great season. They had a great season. 
but their resume wasn't as strong as some of the others. So we're out here all telling everybody that Alexandria didn't deserve the one seed. They're out here saying, yeah, we should. Don't disrespect us. So Alexandria has got something to prove. Richfield also got something to prove. This is a group of players that stayed, that stayed the course, that learned from Omar, Coach Omar McMillan, that learned from Coach Matt Mullenbach. They, they stayed the course at that program, went from the bottoms when they were struggling, and now they're here going at their second state tournament appearance. Technically, last year they didn't appear. They just earned. Mm-hmm. So I'll say they earned it twice. Um, it's going to be a great game. Alexandria, I was watching them play their last two games, one against Apollo and one against uh, Sauk Rapids. Their execution is phenomenal. They have a speedy point guard in Chris Hoskins, who's going to be a gopher wide receiver someday. They have a fantastic scoring wing in Colton Roderick, who will play at Bemidji State. They have talent. Um, they have they, Eric Hedstrom is a shooter. They have, and they, they're, they're pretty deep. They run a great system. They're, Richfield, if Richfield doesn't play good team defense, then Alexandria can get that win. If Richfield does play good defense, then they'll get the win. Lamar Grayson, Mr. Basketball finalist, fantastic story. Such a great story of growth on and off the floor. Mr. Basketball Final Five guy. Uh, but there's more than that. Jaden Walmuth is, is a 6'6 big who's taken huge strides. He's improved dramatically. And then you have more players. I love Mitchell January. He's a combo guard 6'4 that they have. Ryan, Ryan – uh, sorry, my phone keeps dinging. I'm, I apologize. Ryan Miles – and it's way over there. Like, I'd have to run over there to stop it. Right. Ryan Miles is their Richfield's do-everything guy. I've seen that guy play a little point guard in AU. I've seen him be a shooting wing. I've seen him be a post for Richfield. So there's a lot there. Um, Casey Hammonds – Isaiah Casey Hammonds is another player they have. So I, Richfield's a little deeper, the more athletic, a little longer – the Alexandria system working really well. I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah, I would agree. It's fun to see kind of two newer teams make it because this next semifinal, Ryan, is, has two teams that are no stranger whatsoever to the state tournament and probably everyone's favorite and pick to win it all, Minnehaha Academy taking on De La Salle in the other semifinal. Uh, Minnehaha, they had a, a little battle there with Byron. Um, in their quarterfinal matchup. And then De La Salle ended up getting by Hibbing. Um, this, this, you know, should be a heavyweight matchup in, in this semifinal, wouldn't you say, Ryan? Yes. Um, the, the beautiful thing about Minnehaha Academy is that everybody this year is going to get their shot. Because like, even in this pandemic, they scheduled pretty tough. And all the 3A teams, I think, of note, most of them, dang near all of them, have had their shot at Minnehaha Academy. Um, mm-hmm. Byron gave them a run. Jacob Broughton from Byron. Shout out to Jacob Broden. That kid can play. Tough as they come. I'm a D2 school. I'm getting on the phone. and looking for Jacob Broden. Um, but back to Minnehaha De La Salle. De La Salle, I watched the, <clears throat> excuse me, I watched the De La Salle dismantling of Hibbing. The way they pressured the basketball was wild. It was fantastic. Where uh, Alexander, excuse me, Hibbing had to start every, their first entry passes, where they had to start their offense was dang near in the coach's lap or at half court. It was the De La Salle, and De La Salle moved the ball so well. I think they had assists on 13 or four, first 14 baskets. So they're playing really well. But so is Minnehaha. You watch Minnehaha Academy, they share the ball better than anybody in the state. And when you play Minnehaha Academy, you better be able to hit jumpers. Because if you don't hit jumpers, you're not going to score enough. Because there's a guy, his name is Chet. He's seven feet tall. He's the best player in America. And he's the best shot blocker that any of us have ever seen. And I'll challenge anybody against that statement because he's the best shot blocker I've ever – I've never seen a guy control – I'm with you. Yeah, a game like that on D. 
Like, so you got to make jumpers. Deal Sal did make jumpers against Alexandria. Kate Haskins had 32 points. Hit six threes. Uh, Nazir, not Amir Whitlock. Nazir Whitlock. Sorry I messed that up on Twitter. I apologize. He, he was shooting well. Evan Boyd shooting well. They need to shoot that same way. And what that could happen for Minnehaha, where there could be an issue, is that De La Salle ball pressure. But I still think De La Salle has to shoot uh, at a very, very high level like everybody else does to beat Minnehaha, and then that'll be tough. Okay. Yeah, so do you see uh, any other scenario than Minnehaha winning this thing in, in 3A, Ryan? No, I do not. Yeah. I, I, I'm probably with you there. I know um, if, if people haven't got to see Chet live, like you said, his – his defense, his ball handling, what he can do as a seven foot tall person, his footwork, it's, it's all impressive. He has a total package and he is definitely going to be at the next level someday. I think the two things about Chet that I've been most impressed with lately have been his verbal leadership on the court. Guys getting, getting, mixing up things. No, Chet pulls them off in the huddle. Chet is talking. Chet is directing on the floor. His leadership has been has been really big for that team. And then you can see it in his passing. Chet always moves the ball. He is the guy that starts the ball moving for that team. They move the ball really well. I know Jalen Suggs is playing for a Final Four, and, and Jalen Suggs right now deserves all accolades. He's wonderful. But I'm telling you, they're playing better team basketball this year even than they were last year when they have Jalen and all that talent. That's how good they are right now. And that's saying something for sure. All right, let's get into 4A then here, Ryan. And 4A, a little bit different this year. We don't, we didn't have like the, you know, perennial powers kind of coming out of 4A like we typically do. Um, it's a little kind of different looking um, 4A bracket this year. So um, the final four, the first semifinal, Ryan, we've got Maple Grove who upset previously undefeated Champlain Park in their quarterfinal matchup. I know it was You'll run into that every now and then conference opponents meeting in the, in the state championship, which is a little strange, but they knocked off them in overtime. And then another super close game, um, they're taking on Creighton Durham Hall, who ended up beating Rosemount by one that went down to the wires. So what are your thoughts on this uh, Maple Grove Creighton Durham Hall matchup, Ryan? I think this is two great stories. Um, Maple Grove was the team I, 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 I had in top 10 to start the year. Um, they... They were my pick to win their section, and they did. But there was a time during the year where it was kind of, you know, you're kind of like, oh, man, did I, th- did I think they were going to be better than they actually are? And now they have turned that back around, and they had the big win over Champa Park. They earned their way to state. And now with a good game, they could be in the state championship. Um, and that's, that's a good group over there. They play good team basketball. They have good size. You know, John Hawkinson is a very good player for them. Caden Betcher, very good player. Um, uh, th- th- there's depth there too, uh, but Creed Nurem Hall, another good story. Tr- it was Trey Holloman is the lone returning starter. He and Jack Holloman are the only two players back from their 10 man rotation from last year. That's two guys from their top 10 from last year. They replaced wow. eight, seven, eight players, four new starters. And here they are in the final four as the favorite to beat Maple Grove and go on to, you know, to play in the state championship. Trey Holloman, he's a story of a guy that gets everybody to play around him. Like just last summer, watching with Howard Pulley, um, John Hawkinson, which is on the other, uh, which who plays for the Crimson, was on Trey's team. And like 
his you watch John play, he's so competitive. He's got such a competitive fight to him. Like, I swear you see a lot of that come from after playing with Trey. Like, just you play with Trey, guys come out, they learn from Trey and they fight with him and they battle. And that's people take on that persona that Trey has just competing. So it's a good story at Creighton. And there's other players that have stepped up there too. There's a lot of seniors that have had good years for them, like Peter Howard and the Plums are two guys, along with Jack Tower as well, and some of the shooters. So it's they've become a good team around Trey. Yeah, definitely. And Trey is definitely the leader of that team, as you saw from uh, the buzzer beater he hit in the in the sectional um, championship against Woodbury. So um, look forward to that matchup. And then the next one, we've got uh, Wyzetta taking on Shakopee here, Ryan. Um, uh, Jake Dahman, a former Brian Schnettler assistant coach at Wyzetta. So that should be fun. But Shakopee knocked off Owatonna in their quarterfinal. And then Wyzetta um, defeated Duluth East. So how do you see this uh, Shakopee-Wyzetta matchup, Ryan? Wyzetta was my preseason pick to win the state championship. And Wyzetta is now, you know, they're in, they have, they're in the driver's seat, I suppose you would say, to earn that state championship. Um, they have to beat two good teams to get there, one starting with Shakopee. The thing about Shakopee is they have a couple seniors. Mick Worley is a senior going to St. John's, but a lot of them are juniors. And this is a group of juniors that has progressed to a point where we thought maybe they'd be this year and might maybe even have a chance to even go further than you expected playing for a state title. Um, Nick Katona, very good player who's committed to Minnesota Duluth. And I think Minnesota Duluth just got another D1 level talent um, up to, to UMD. And he's only a junior. Cade McGraw, good point guard. And this, they have two Snells, Quinton and Isaac are on that team. So it's a deep team that knows how to play basketball. So, but they're going to have to go against Wyzetta, who's going to be bigger. They will be bigger and they have experienced guard play. Eddie Beninga, Drew Berkland, Jacob, excuse me, uh, Cody Williams. That's, that's a group of three experienced guards. Cody and Eddie, two of the top 25 players in the state, two top 20, and they're in the same backcourt as seniors. That's going to be give them an edge. And, of course, you have Carter Berkey, one of the best shooters in the state, and he's 6'8", and Camden Heidi, another one of the best shooters, one of the toughest matchups. Camden Heidi versus Nick Katona will be a great – well, that'll be a great thing to watch. But I just feel like Wyzetta just has a little too much. Okay. And who do you see um, hosting the hardware here for Class 4A when it's all said and done, Ryan? I'm going to go with the team that I think is the deepest, most talented, and most experienced, and that's Wyzetta. Okay. Yeah, we'll uh, look forward to those matchups. And like we talked about kind of at the beginning, Ryan, the capacity is going to be limited in Target Center. So really, the ways for people to watch are going to be Channel 45 and then I guess streaming, correct? If you get 45. Right, if, if you get it. These days, that's not a – like here, here – Matt, I don't even know – like I'm just hoping I can watch a state tournament. Like I, they won't let me in, you know. You're kidding. They, they start, the Star Tribune I, – I, the Star Tribune, I believe, will get in. I hope they, they do so we can get some like level reporting statewide. But, no, I've been denied, and I don't even have 45 on my cable streaming. So I'm hoping – that there's that's going to be online, which I think 45 has the games online. Hopefully, maybe Prep Spotlight is too. I'm not totally sure. I haven't looked into it yet. I'm just assuming. So, 
Okay. Well, we, we need Ryan James in the building. That's got to happen somehow. So if anyone can pull some strings on that one, please get Ryan in the building. So well, last time it took, it took K fan, like saying it on the air, me and the <laughs> hockey guys to get it in. So I don't know what it's going to take this time, but well, I, do, I don't have quite the reach that K fan does, <laughs> Ryan. So I can't help you much there, but Oh man. Well, thanks for giving uh, us your preview on, on the state championship here, Ryan. And then I just wanted to get in um, real quick. There's, I guess, been some news on the Gopher side, which you also work closely with. Um, we got a, a new head coach with Ben Johnson, former De La Salle grad and University of Minnesota assistant coach, now taking the reins here in Dinkytown. Um, what are you hearing, Ryan, from people? Are they excited? And what are, what are your personal feelings about the, the shift to, to Coach Johnson? The two biggest things that people were frustrated about with Richard Patino was his lack of effort in recruiting locally. It, it, there's no other way to sugarcoat it. it relationships weren't formed. The effort wasn't put in. And that is what Mark Coyle requires of his coaches is effort in recruiting, effort in selling. And that wasn't happening. It just was not happening. I know a lot of people like Richard Pitino, but his effort in selling this program to recruits and people just wasn't there. Also, the on-court product, there was a lack of consistency. There, just, there was a lack of cohesiveness and rhythm with this basketball team throughout the season. So with Ben Johnson coming in, it's igniting, it's igniting that recruiting angle. Because remember, who was the main recruiter for Amir Coffee? Ben Johnson. Jordan Murphy, Ben Johnson. Daniel Otru, Ben Johnson. So, and also, since he's been back, Ben Johnson has called all these recruits twice over, three times over. He's called all, like, the local basketball people getting back into things. So that's crucial. He's got, he's got Jamison Battle transferring, transferring back here. And about an hour ago, I was reporting Luke Lowe from William & Mary, who's actually from Wisconsin, originally committed to Minnesota. So, you know, there's other guys back that are, used, that are in the transfer portal from Minnesota being considered. Race Thompson, for example, Parker Fox, for example. So it's just a, it's just like a, people are excited because it's a, it's a, I don't want to say a kickstart back into the fact, back into Minnesota basketball. The fact that there's talent here and it just was, wasn't being recruited like it should be. And that's what has people excited right now. And what are your thoughts or opinions, Ryan, on those out there that are maybe a tad disappointed that we didn't get someone that had the head coaching pedigree that Ben lacks. Obviously he's a very ex experienced assistant and has been around at some really, you know, well-coached programs and he's got the connections for recruiting, but some people are, you know, kind of pointing out the head coaching experience, which I think if you get the players um, in recruiting, you know, he, he knows enough to be dangerous coaching and he's going to learn the rest if he doesn't already. So what are your thoughts there? Well, there's going to be some, you know, there'll be some pitfalls. Like Ben Johnson be the first person to tell you, like, he's got to learn. There's going to be some things that'll happen that, you know, inexperience will show. It's going to happen here and there. That doesn't mean it has to be a bad first season or a bad hire or anything like that. It's just, it's going to happen. Now, unfortunately, I think there was some dream names thrown out there <laughs> like, that just weren't feasible. And like, it's, it, it's not feasible because like some of those dream names, those dream, the guys that were, making those people dream or putting it in there so then they could go back and get a bigger contract at their schools. Mm -hmm. So like we, there's, there's got to, there was a, re, a pool of reality and then there was the dream pool. Well, the pool of reality is where Minnesota had to pull from. And there were some experienced coaches and there were some with little experience that, you know, do you take a guy with little experience with no, 
little coach, he has a little bit of head coaching experience, no experience coaching, you know, recruit Minnesota. Or you take the guy that has a ton of recruiting experience in Minnesota with no head coaching experience. That's where the Minnesota, that's, that's where the Gopher uh, athletic director Mark Coyle went. Now, there's a few other names that have some experience that some people were disappointed about, and I understand that. But he was most, Mark Coyle was most impressed by the interviews and the connections that Ben Johnson had. And nobody's recruited Minnesota, the state of Minnesota better. Nobody, like head coach, assistant coach, nobody has recruited Minnesota better than Ben Johnson. Although I'm sure there's some Wisconsin fans out there who are like, right. Aham, what about <laughs> great guard? And, you know, I, I, they might have a point. So we'll put, we'll put Ben Johnson up there with whatever, whoever the main recruit uh, with Greg guard, because he's got a lot of guys over there and they've been successful. So we'll put those two as the main two. And you, and the Gophers pick got Ben Johnson and it's going to be a process. Um, it's going to be, something that local people are happy with because he is not going to ignore anybody. He's not going to, Oh, Dawson Garcia like is interested in Minnesota. All right. I'll get to a game in six months, you know? Oh, they, that, they, that team has called on him five times. Oh, maybe I'll call next week. That stuff won't happen. Ben will be out in front of that. And that's, that's what Mark, Mark Coyle and the Minnesota fan base wants. Yeah. I think that will be great. And just seeing him, like you said, Ryan, just having, the play him and them and play, you know, gophers will probably be on the list for a lot of guys longer or down to the last couple for, for some of these local guys more so than in the past. So um, obviously with the transfer portal, everyone's talking about that, Ryan, right now, you mentioned Jamison battle and Luke Lowe, who you just, uh, I think announced today on Twitter are are coming in in the transfer portal who are maybe some other guys um, to keep an eye on. I think you mentioned Parker Fox, some others uh, that Ben's kind of got his eye on. There's a player named EJ Stevens. He had a Zoom call with last night. He averaged 16, 17 a game at Lafayette. Uh, He's a combo guard. So that's a name to watch. Parker Fox uh, was offered by Minnesota. He's going to make making the decisions sometime soon. He's a lifelong Gopher fan. He's someone to watch. Race Thompson meets with the Gophers with Ben Johnson on Monday. His family does in a Zoom call. So he's those are the probably the three at the front of it right now. But you know the transfer portal just the transfer portal has no ending. It just keeps going like space. <laughs> and yeah, and I there it won't. This isn't the end of the transfer portal names popping up. I guarantee you that. Mm-hmm. And for the players, from what you know, I'm assuming you've talked to Ben once or twice since he's been named coach Ryan. But what do you get is the impression? The number one thing I know I've heard him mention shooting. Um, you know, an identity for the team. What do you think are the main factors that he's kind of going to be looking for to have as a calling card for this new gopher squad with him in, in charge? Skills, the shooting was important. Defense. I mean, he Ben's from Ben Johnson's from D So it's going to be all about team. It's all going to be about team D and then it's, it's gotta be the right character fit too. I mean, it's, those are the three things we, this team needs to have the right character fit guys who want to go play go both ways and play both ways guys that are going to give every ounce of effort you watch we went and watched a march madness ncaa tournament for three weeks how many guys in, in these teams that are successful like do you see go score on one end and then go back the other way and oh, i don't i'm not going to get to my clothes out or oh, i'm not going to get to my box out or oh, i'm not going to get to my rotation that happened in minnesota too much that can't happen anymore and that's a problem the best players on the offensive end can't be going the other way and just not giving the consistent defensive effort. That's what I think is going to change. So you talk about skills, 
the shooting skill is something he's looking for. Um, guys that defend and, but guys that buy into the culture about competing the whole time. That's what I think will change. Okay. Yeah. We'll keep an eye on that. And I think, I think Ben's going to do a good job if people, you know, support him and give him a chance. I think he could really, you know, do some wonders here. So uh, let's maybe just talk real quick about the, the final four for a second, Ryan, we've got a couple of Minnesota connections in there, as you mentioned, Jalen Suggs on Gonzaga. And then um, on the other side of the bracket, we got Minnesota's uh, Jared Nunes as one of the assistants with Baylor. So we could have um, a couple Minnesota, you know, people meet in the final, you know, if the favorites make it right. It is possible. Jared is one of the most, I don't, he's not really an assistant coach. He's like a director of player personnel, Mm -hmm. but when you see him over there, his director of player personnel is cheering. Like he's he's going nuts over there. So you got Jared on one side. Dane Deja is actually um, sitting out this season for park center. Also, or he was at park center. Right. Yep. And then you have Jalen, of course, on the uh, in in the Gonzaga blue and red. Um, That's the matchup we all want to see. We want to see Baylor against Gonzaga. That's the matchup the season's been pointing to. With it potentially happening, I'm almost happy it didn't happen earlier in the season. So now we get this, you know, the climax to the season. As long as there isn't a stumble, because man, UCLA is fun to watch. The blend of players that they have. I love watching UCLA right now. Yeah, they get after it. They get after it for sure. So, well, if you're down there in Vegas long enough, Ryan, you can make a bet on some of those final four games, perhaps. So um, that might be happening. <laughs> uh, well, I th- really appreciate you taking the time, Ryan, out of your busy day. I know you're uh, probably going to enjoy some sun and maybe some pool time here shortly. So thanks so much for joining us and giving us uh, your thoughts on, th- on this uh, state tournament coming up here next week. Hey, I'm always happy to be on the Matt Bear podcast. It's the one and only thing I look forward to doing every day. The first <laughs> right. two-time champion on, on yes. the Bear Den. That's we'll great. Send you, we'll send you the belt. We'll get yeah. a belt for Can you. Can I get a belt? I don't need steak knives. Give me a championship belt. Okay. <laughs> Take it right out of Jeff Munich's office because I'm sure he's got some goofy belt in there. That, you know what? He probably does. I would have to fish for it, but I'm almost guaranteeing he probably does. Or a big cardboard cutout of Daniel Bryan. I'm sure that's in there too. Yes. Yep. I know he's got a big figurine that's about three feet tall. Yeah, send it to my house. Okay. All right, thanks. Thanks, Ryan.